There's another one you don't want to hear. Frankly, neither do I. Welcome to the Power Chord Hour podcast. As always, I'm your host, Anthony Merchant, welcoming you to yet another episode of the show. Hope you're doing well out there, no matter where you are listening to us, and uh, no matter what time you're listening to us as well. You know, it's a, it's a nice thing about these. Maybe you're listening at 3 a.m., maybe you're listening at 3 p.m., maybe you're listening at 8 o'clock at night. Who the hell knows? Either way, thank you very much for uh, joining me on a second episode of the week. I hope you uh, enjoyed the one earlier on talking top five drive through records releases with my buddy uh, Zach Gorsheski and uh, had fun with that. That was a, that was a two-parter. If you have not heard them, they were uh, the last two episodes we got, we got real in depth. So uh, we broke it, we broke it into two episodes, but if you are a drive through records fan, I would definitely say, go check that out. It's about it's probably about three hours of two huge. That's probably how I would uh, describe it. It's like those episodes all together, like three hours worth of just two huge drive-through records fans talking all about drive-through records, all about their best records. I mean, the history of the label, the bands, you know, dumb stories that we have, all that, uh, all that fun stuff. So go check that out. And uh, I did, you know, I wanted, I wanted to uh, let people know about this guy too. Uh, he hit me up online after we put out the drive-through uh, episode and like hey man like here's my list like i i love hearing this too uh you know if if you have listened hit me up at powercordhour@gmail.com or just hit me up on one of our socials at powercordhour on uh, any of our social media but what is your top 5 drive-through records releases let me let me know there i've been loving uh i've been getting lists from people and uh, i love from hearing all of you so definitely let me know what your top 5 is and uh one of this uh one guy sent me his uh, list, and then uh, I was looking through, he was showing me, he does these awesome piano covers of uh, pop punk songs, and right now he's working on a bunch of drive through records ones, he's doing like a whole like, not even like a medley, but he's doing like 10 of them, and he's doing, I don't know, like a verse and chorus, he's not doing like the whole song, but he's like kind of reimagining them on piano and uh, singing them, and he does a really, really good job, so go check him out, this guy's name is Hunter DeBlanc. Uh, D-E-B-L-A-N-C on uh, Instagram. Go check him out. He does a bunch of really cool pop punk covers on a keyboard. And, he's, and he recently did some, uh, he did Homegrown, You're Not Alone, and Alistair Somewhere on Fullerton so far. He has like eight more to do. But they are really, really cool. I, uh, I absolutely love it. I mean, he, he really like kind of makes them their own, including Somewhere on Fullerton. He makes it this like really, really catchy like, I mean, kind of like, like, I mean, I know it's a pop punk song. It's catchy to begin with. You know, I, I think it's Alistair's best song, but he makes it like more just a straight up pop song and it works so well. So you gotta go check that guy out. Hunter DeBlanc on, uh, on Instagram. I don't know if he's on any other social media, but you can go watch his uh, videos there. And another one I want to tell you guys about just while we're on drive through records, but if you heard my uh, interview a few weeks back with Heath Saraceno and Rob Hitt of Midtown, um, we were talking to to uh, Heath about the covers that he has uh, been doing with his buddy Dave, and uh, we plugged Dave's uh, Instagram. But Heath and Dave did just finally make their own Instagram page for those cover songs we were talking about. So, I mean, if you're interested in hearing those, that is another one you should go check out on Instagram, at Heath and Dave Sing. 
And uh, if you if you've not heard these yet or don't know what they are, Heath Saraceno from Midtown and Senses Fail are uh, are doing some uh, covers of mostly like early two thousands pop punk songs. Uh, they do some other stuff. They've done like Husker Du, and uh, they've done like Fiddler and I think Pup and stuff. So they do newer and older stuff too. But a lot of like early two thousand songs they do, and uh, just just Heath does acoustic, does some uh, backups. And uh, Dave sings, and they both do a really, really good job. So uh, go, go check them out. Go check out both those Instagram pages for uh, a nice fix of pop punk and drive-through records for you. And if that is not enough, um, if you not see from the title of this episode, we got a throwback episode today for you. And uh, this one goes back two years. I thought we would release this today because uh, our buddies in, in Audio Karate, their debut record, Space Camp, came out on this day 18 years ago back uh, on May 14th, 2002, and then back on its 16th anniversary on uh, May 14th, or actually it wasn't directly on the day because uh, it was on the radio show and it was like the Friday of that week, but a couple days after the uh, anniversary two years ago, we did talk to Jason Camacho, guitarist of Audio Karate, and uh, this is right after they got back together and uh, we're playing some shows with The Descendants. And uh, really just kind of doing a few small things. And then since then, I mean, they put out a... Uh, it's funny. The interview you're about to hear is where uh, is where Jason tells everyone about Malo, the EP that they put out last year. But uh, they recorded back in 06. But he brought it up in this interview. You, you'll hear it here. And uh, what he's talking about, if, you, if you're an Audio Karate fan, is Malo. This is the first time you ever talked about it with uh, anyone is right here on the show this was this was right after they got back together and uh, this is still one of my favorite interviews I think we've done on the show he was just such a fun guy to talk to just a really there I always have I feel like I have good luck with guests on the show like I tell you like no one no one's been on the show who's been like you know an ass or anything like that we're like oh my god I'd never want to interview them again like I, I can say that with assurance like no one that you've ever heard on this show is anyone that I wouldn't have on again. I would I would love to have any of these people on again. I'm a you know, I'm a huge fan. But there's certain people that I think you you just really get along with even more. And uh Jason Jason's just one of those. I mean, just the, you know, could just bullshit after the interview and stuff. Just a really chill cool guy. And I mean, I I love audio karate and uh and I will tease, I will say he should be coming back on the show very very soon. So if you are a fan of uh, audio karate i assume you might be if you're listening to this uh you know keep keep your eyes on the podcast feed obviously i'll let you know but uh he probably will be coming on very soon for his second appearance but for this episode we got uh and actually too we're celebrating the 100th episode of the radio show too so you'll hear that obviously we're only like 20 episodes into the podcast so you're probably you know if you hear this without context probably go what the hell do you mean your 100th episode we did this interview on our 100th episode special for uh, the radio show. So, uh, yeah, and and I, I guess we do have to have Jason back soon because we're almost – we're up to, like, episode 189 or 190 right now. So, uh, you know, we, we're, again, up there to 200, so it only makes sense to have him back. But, uh, yeah, that's going to be – that is going to be this episode, a nice little throwback one for you. So uh, that's it. Don't don't have much else to say. going to get right into the interview right now. You know, I hope you enjoy it. Go check out Audio Karate everywhere. They're all over social media. They're signed to Wiretap Records. Go check out Malo and uh, hit us up at Power Chord Hour on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, uh, Facebook, all those good places. And uh, that's about all I got. We're going to get an interview right now. 
So here is my throwback interview from May 2018 with Jason Camacho, guitarist of Audio Karate, right here on the throwback episode of the Power Chord Hour podcast. All right, right now on the phone for our 100th episode, I'm very excited. We have Audio Karate guitarist Jason Camacho on the phone. The band recently reunited. They've already played some shows with The Descendants, just announced that they're going to be playing their debut album, Space Camp, coming up here in August. Space Camp just got its first vinyl release. It's up for pre-order now. It's coming out in July. They got more shows later on in the year and uh, also celebrated the 16th anniversary of Space Camp earlier this week. So we got a whole lot to talk about. Jason, man, how are you? I'm doing very well, Anthony. Thank you for having me on. Awesome. So, I mean, just getting right into it, how did the Audio Karate reunion get going this time? You know, I had I'd spoken casually to the guys a handful of times in probably the last decade, and Rob at Wiretap Records uh, approached Art and said, hey, he's been a big fan since you know 2002 when, when Space Camp came out. What would the possibility be of getting Kung Fu Records to allow him to do a vinyl reissue of it? And Kung Fu was super cool and said, yeah, Rod Tap, go ahead and do it. And the guys came to me because I, I still own, you know, a quarter of it. And they're like, hey, would you be down to do this? I'm like, sure. And they said, well, part of it stipulates that we'll do some shows to support it. What would you say about that? I'm like, well, I haven't played guitar in, you know, 10 years. But, yeah, I don't think I've forgotten the songs. I'd love to do it. And then from there, it, it's just taken off. And we told Bill from Descendants, um, hey, we're reuniting to release our record, Descendants are touring, can we come out? And Bill's a huge fan. He's like, hell yeah, you guys could come out, um, pick pick some shows. So it's it's kind of snowballed from there, and there's been some interest, so we'll be doing some other stuff uh, later in the year. It's really, really cool, though, to be able to do it now um, and be so much more appreciative of it when you're young and you're living in the moment you think you're going to tour forever, and that's not the case. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I did not realize that, that you stopped playing guitar, you said, for 10 years. Yeah, I, I, I didn't. The guys were doing Indian school, and I'm a fan of that, and I was into it, but um, I, I just stopped playing guitar. Wow, so so 10 years, I knew I knew the other guys were doing Indian school in between. Um, how long had it been since you played with them? Did you just stop after audio karate, or did had, had it been even longer than 10 years since you played with the other guys? So our last show as audio karate would have been a... Art and I did the score for uh, an indie film called Maquillaje, which is uh, Spanish for, for makeup. It's about a girl, but I digress there. So we did the score to that. We scored the entire movie, and we did a show to kind of honor that's release, and that would have been sometime in the fall of 2006. Oh, wow. And that probably would have been the last audio karate show with the four of us. Jeez. Okay, so, yeah, it, it really has been quite a while then, um, when when did the rehearsals start? I mean, when was the first time you guys started playing together again? Uh, we started playing together again in earnest about three months ago. We were su- pleasantly surprised at how much of it we still remembered. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, I mean, even even before playing with them, did, did you have time to pick up the guitar? I mean, when you, when you got in there with them, that was the first time you played? That was pretty much it. Yeah. Wow. That is blowing my mind. I, I guess I did not. I knew you didn't play in Indian school with them, but I did not realize you've not played in 10 years. That is, in, I, I, I think that is so impressive that, uh, that you picked it back up and, and you learned it. That is, that is really, really cool. 
So, I mean, what a great way to come back. Like you said, um, you, you played some shows of The Descendants. I know you guys played a uh, impromptu show before that. How'd that go? No, so that was a place called Old Town Pub in Pasadena, which Pasadena. I don't know how familiar you are with L.A., but Pasadena is a city of about oh, 400,000 people, like 15 minutes east of downtown L.A., and it was unannounced and impromptu, and we announced it on, on social maybe like, an hour before we we're going to go on and surprisingly like 50 people were there <laughs> wow wow that, that that is that is pretty good for uh so so that kind of brings us to that and, and like i mentioned you know um space camp turned 16 this two or last tuesday now um it's getting its first vinyl release and i mean going back what was it like recording that record i assume was that like your first experience in a real studio with a real producer and like a budget and everything it was so looking back on it now, Kung Fu Records and, and Joe Escalante, they gave us $20,000 and they said, hey, Trevor Keith, you know, he, he produced it from face to face. Take these kids. I was like 19 at the time, maybe 20. And, uh, you know, go to the studio. We, we recorded at West Beach, which is in Hollywood. It was owned by Brett Gerowitz and Offspring did Smash there. Um, I think they did part of like an Outcome the Wolves by Rancid there. Just awesome studio. Uh, so like, hey, go make a record. And we prepared, but I think the, we had the song super prepared, but at that age you're not really prepared for sort of the gravity of what it is and your expectations are, are one thing and then the reality of like, hey, you want to you know, make, you guys want to make a recipe for hate or something, but <laughs> you guys aren't bad religion and you're not that good. So Tre- <laughs> Trevor was awesome. He was patient. I, I don't know that me now i could uh have the patience to work with with a bunch of teenagers but no he, he was awesome and, and we're super happy with that record I, I think it uh i think it still holds up as a pretty solid pop punk record i i would have to agree with that and i mean how, how long were you guys a band before that i know i know that right there was a band before audio karate and i mean like like how far into changing the name and becoming audio karate was space camp i mean were you guys still a pretty new band by the time joe got a hold of you guys and you signed kung fu and everything no so um gabriel on drums he's he's a my cousin and they're all a year older than me um i'm a year younger than art and Husto and, and gabe but um they'd been jamming together in some fashion or another since they were about 14 15 years old so prior to Space Camp, we had been a band, I would say, uh, maybe about a good five years. Um, and a bulk of those songs, like Senior Year and Betrayed and some of those, those were done, um, gosh, probably we were playing those for about two, three years before we got to make that record. So we, we were ready in, for the most part. N- Nintendo 89 was probably one of the, the latter songs that we wrote leading into it and I think it, it carries some of the maturity and, and you can kind of see like okay this, this was maybe written by some guys who, who've been playing together for a while and actually it's funny you uh, bring up Nintendo 89 because we're going to be playing some songs off Space Camp and that was going to be the first one um, that we played tonight that's probably one of the band's like most popular well-known songs and that was your first music video I believe too kind of going like what I was saying you know like being being in that in a like a real studio for the first time, real producers and stuff. I mean, what was it like doing your very first music video? Because I kind of hear from like bands, sometimes it's a really, really good experience, but then other times it, I, I hear very nightmarish things about music videos. Like they're not as fun to make as they may seem. 
Well, it was super cool because it was super low budget and uh, very kind of indie. Um, Joe Escalani was making movies at the time, so he had camera stuff uh, and film film equipment, and he fancied himself a director. So he said, "Hey, uh, let's let's do a, a video for Nintendo 89." And that place there was our our lockout, and it's in Rosemead. It's a place called Stormore. It's still there, although I don't know if they still allow bands to rehearse. And we just went on the message board uh, on our website at the time and said, hey, on this date, we want to do a video. Come on out. And uh, about 100 people showed up. And then we said, okay, well, where can we get an ice cream truck? Uh, yeah, young people <laughs> like ice cream. Let's, let's, let's find an ice cream truck. So we went and rented one of those for like 50 bucks a day. The, the ice cream man is Husto's brother, who's a school teacher. Um, Vanessa, the girl that's featured throughout... She was just one of the girls that showed up, um, has been a, a longtime fan and now a longtime friend. But um, both Art and Joe were like, hey, who is that? Like, that, that girl's kind of something. We should ask her and see if she'd want to kind of be the, the female lead. What's cool about that video is you, you watch the beginning, and that's Justo's mom talking in Spanish, saying the ice cream truck's there. But those little girls playing are, are Justo's nieces, and they're, like, grown women now. So it's kind of funny <laughs> to, like, make fun of them and say, oh, hey, look at you. You're a kid. And, <laughs> it, it was cool. It was certainly not nightmarish in any capacity. Good, good. That 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 is awesome. So, uh, so yeah. Right now, we're talking to Jason Camacho, guitarist of the recently reunited Audio Karate. We're going to be playing some songs tonight from them. So, first off, right now, here's Audio Karate with Nintendo eighty nine, right here on the Power Chord Hour. On the Power Chord Hour, that was Audio Karate with Jason, and before that was Audio Karate with Nintendo 89. On the phone, I have guitarist Jason Camacho. We're talking about Audio Karate's reunion, playing shows with the Descendants, the 16th anniversary of their debut album, Space Camp, and a whole lot more. Jason, you still doing good? Still doing good. Perfect. So um, you did you did a little promo video when you guys reunited um on our Kung Fu Records did on, on their YouTube page. And I was really happy to hear you guys talk about comps for a minute. Cause I really, when I interview bands from that era, I like to talk about them because I feel like audio karate was like one of that last era of bands that could really like get exposure off of comps. And like, it seems like they did a lot for, for bands at that, at that time. I mean, does it seem like that? Does it seem like when, when you guys start having music put on like the Kung Fu comps and all that, that you did see a difference, more people showed up and everything like to shows. What what was the most telling I'd say, Anthony was you put a song on a comp, like the 1089 was on Warp Tour. Um, it was on Cinemera, Beer Buddy. It was on several, but you could see when you were opening for like, a TSOL or some band where really Audio Karate probably had no business opening for, but one way or another it worked out, and the, the crowd would hate you, let's say. But then you play the comp song, and you'd see like 50 people kind of like turn from the bar and go and like start tapping their head and like, oh, okay, these are those guys? I like these guys. Before, you know, 10 minutes prior, they hated you. So yeah, you really got to see the traction um, that way. I mean, in an era pre, you know, YouTube or Spotify or anything to get your music, um, if you didn't have college radio play, if you had a song on a, a two or three dollar hopeless or fat or epitaph comp, that was huge. The, the the legs and the mileage you would get out of that song and really that whole record was was huge. It's actually a really cool time. That that just I don't know that part really interests me because yeah there that that like really like specifically late nineties early two thousands it just seems like comps really did do something for bands and it's funny because me me personally. 
I'm 25. I didn't I didn't hear of audio karate until maybe five or six years ago. But funny enough, it was on a comp. So it's like, you know, even even like years later after after the fact, I, I'm still such a strong advocate of that, of like you can find so many great bands on comps and it's just like a lost I don't I don't know if art forms a word, but it's like it's a lost thing. And I don't know, I love I love talking to bands from that era about that. And, uh, you know, the, the pre-internet, or maybe not pre-internet, but social media and really getting exposure other ways. So I think that's really cool. Um, like, what song what song was on the comps the most? So Nintendo 89, is that the one that seemed to make it on most of the comps? That was the one that made it on the most. And then uh, Kung Fu and Hopeless each had comps that had some of the, the B-sides. We had three additional songs that didn't make it on the Space Camp that, that were pretty cool. And, and those did that. But, yeah, to put a number on it, like, Nintendo 89, if you look at our, our Spotify numbers, the amount of plays it has over anything else is, like, exponential because people just love that song. They've heard it one way or the other. I don't even know if they've heard the the entire record. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, oh, speaking of which, you guys are going to be playing that um, front to back um, in a few months here in August. You announced that just today. I'm talking to you on uh, – it's May 17th right now, and August 17th, I believe it is, you guys are playing San Diego? Yes. All right, so, uh, yeah, you're playing uh, Space Camp front to back. I know I know. before we started this, you, you mentioned there's some songs on there you have not played in a long time or yet live. Um, I know you mentioned the very last song on the album. Are there, are there any others on there that never got played live? Uh, San Jose, we, we kind of, we, we played intermittently live, but that was kind of the last of that fat record sort of super fast no effects beat that's the best way i could describe it <laughs> that we wrote and uh as we started getting slower and fatter that one became harder to play um one day we we played a handful of times so those, those will be challenging like we're actually gonna have to relearn and study and and, and really get those going well because last thing we want is like hey come come see us do this record start to finish and it it suck (laughs) um and and actually if i'm not mistaken i was looking on your instagram page today too actually marks i believe the 16th anniversary of the space camp uh release show if i'm not mistaken Uh, that one is at the chain reaction do you you remember much about that show i remember blotches of it because we we were having a good time and we're partying a little but uh i remember i dyed my hair red before the show and i wore a white t-shirt like a bonehead and then by the end of the show the the shirt was pink because all the manic (laughs) panic had run out of my hair that was you know early 2000s that's when punk guys still bleached and then dyed their hair i don't know if they're doing that much these days nice so uh um earlier we were talking with space camp trevor keith of uh, face-to-face produced that one and then bill stevenson um produced lady melody um what was it like i mean recording with bill stevenson i mean i i and just playing shows too i mean that has to be a rad way to get your band back together and and the first thing you do is play shows of the descendants i mean that is so rad oh it was it was sick um with regards to making the record, I mean, Blasting Rooms in Fort Collins, it was snowing at the time we did it in December. You actually live at the studio when you record there. So you roll out of bed with, you know, morning breath, and it's like, oh, hey, you want to comp some guitar? It's like, ah, sure. <laughs> but um, w- working with Bill, he's... his. Uh, I'll call him a genius, because I, I really think the guy is. His level of talent and his ear is, is sick. But in talking to the guy, he, he's kind of a trippy guy. So you'll ask him, like, hey, how did that go? And you'll see him kind of looking at you 
with just blank face for what feels like an eternity, and you're like, was this guy just tune me out? Or is it, <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, you were, a little, you were pulling your strings a little sharp. And it's like, no, he was listening to me. It's just, uh, you know, he... <laughs> <laughs> he just, he just, his brain works different, but it was super cool. He made us comfortable and he really had us look at those songs, um, you know, Jesus Alive and Well and Living in Mexico and Hey Maria and a couple of them that we thought we had down. And he wasn't pushy in any way, but he was like, hey, have you considered this? Have you considered moving this? Why are you guys doing this? Oh, because we think it rocks. Okay, but why do you need to make this song five minutes? Eh, good point. Uh, super cool. And then during pre-production, um, kind of a, a geek fan moment, he wanted to play Jesus Alive and Well with us on drums. And we said, yeah, that, that'll that happen, but you got to play Hope, because we had covered Hope by Descendants for a while, so we got to play two songs with Bill, and he almost broke Gabriel's kit, because the guy hits like a freaking power lifter. I mean, the guy's just an animal. That That is so, that is absolutely so rad. Uh, something I've always wondered about the blasting room real quick, too, I mean, is that like isn't is that in a residential area there? Like where is that in Fort Collins? Because I mean, it, I feel like it's been immortalized by most. I know like like me, people talk about the blasting room. Like man, my favorite records are made there. Like is that like in its own kind of spot, or is that like it's like in the middle of Fort Collins? It's on kind of the outskirts. I mean, Fort Collins is what I'd consider a small town. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm from LA, so you know anything. Oh yeah, that com- isn't yeah, comparatively, people is a small town, right? Yeah, but um. It's yeah, it's it's nondescript. You'd never know it if you drove by it, um, and it, it's just kind of on the on the outskirts and sort of the industrial area. But once you get inside, it's it's awesome, man. That's a world, that's a world class studio. And and Bill and, and Jason Livermore, they they know their gear. I mean, when you get there, like from the time you plug in, it's like game on, and, and you're gonna leave with just a, a sick record. That's rad. So, I mean, having having over a decade to sit with uh, both Space Camp and Lady Melody, I mean, which which one do you prefer? Do you do you have a favorite of the two? I prefer Lady Melody. Um, not that I don't like Space Camp in any way. Just it's uh, I, I I can hear kind of our youth there. Whereas Lady Melody, I think. Like, I feel like you listen to Space Camp and it's like, okay, cool, that sounds like Blue Skies era, sort of Atari's movie life, kind of what what everyone was sort of doing at the time. Whereas I feel like Lady Melody, you put it on today and it still doesn't really sound like anyone else. It's kind of a punk record, kind of an emo record, but it's not really kind of hard either. Um, I, I feel like that record still kind of holds up and uh, the replay value is still kind of gnarly i mean you listen and there's some guitar stuff that's like what what's going on there uh the drums i i just feel like bill really allowed us to hey just play your asses off start to finish and that'll be fine don't worry about what happens with it who cares if it ever goes to radio like just make the best record you guys can and have fun i like that that that's awesome i i get what you're saying like i i love i mean as a fan i love both records but i do get what you mean with lady melody i feel like you guys really like like it's almost interesting to think about what the third album would have sounded like because you definitely do hear that progression there and i mean like you mentioned before too yeah like with space camp some of those songs you had you know are are a little more like you know it's like you guys like younger and stuff and it's like you kind of come into your own 
on a, on Lady Melody. So I, I get that. I, I can't say one or the other. I always kind of bounce back, but I don't know. That's, that's interesting to hear from someone, you know, on both of them, which one they prefer. So, I mean, like right now, what is in audio karate's future? Like uh, you guys are playing the shows, um, space camp vinyls coming out in July. Um, have you tried, have you guys tried recording any new music? Is, is that a possibility? Do you, do you see much going else or, do you see more kind of going along in the future for Audio Karate? So we've, in between the rehearsals, getting ready for the send-in shows, we started writing some new songs, and we haven't really started in earnest working on a new record. But you mentioned what would a third Audio Karate record have sounded like. At the time, in 06, when, when we kind of stopped playing, um, I had built a recording studio, and... We have a full album you from full... that era. Oh wow! I I did not know. Is that is that common knowledge or is that no no that that's that's not common knowledge. And in wow. fact, when I found my old computer that had all the Pro Tools files in it, I didn't remember that we had done half of those. I remembered we had like two or three songs, and we had talked about like, hey, that'd be cool if we remixed them and did an EP or something. But no, we have enough for a, a full length album. Wow! And I was actually surprised that some of the songs are actually really good <laughs> wow that that i don't know i i i cannot believe that that is really really rad man so i yeah. mean so is there thoughts of of releasing that eventually is that the plan um right now the plan is to do these shows and, and to try to take sort of the space camp shows to as many places as we can Un- unfortunately well fortunately for us but kind of unfortunately i guess if you're a fan um Huso's got a family, I got a family, we've all got kind of jobs outside of music, so doing a conventional, like, hey, we're going to get in a van and, and bounce for three weeks sort of tour isn't really feasible for us, but between, you know, going to the Northwest with Descendants, with doing Fest, um, we want to kind of do sort of three, four-day stints. Uh, we would like to go to Texas and the South and then head up to New York and do some of the, the tri-state area up there, but... Uh, Next year's Lady Melody's 15th anniversary. I'd imagine we'll, we'll want to do something with that. And then, uh, yeah, we'd love to work on a new record if, if we can write stuff that we're proud of and we know in our heart's heart doesn't suck. <laughs> um, it, it feels cool, though, to be able to... We can kind of do what we want. We could finance our own projects if we wanted to. Um, to have that kind of control, I mean, we, we work with Wiretap Records, but we, we're not, we don't really have a, a record deal. And nowadays, I don't know that you really need a label like you did when, when we were making records. So um, I, I would say that that unreleased record will probably get out there one day. Oh, that is very rad. So, uh, so yeah, where, where can uh, people find Audio Karate online? They want to they wanna connect with you guys. Where are you at online? All right, so online we are at www.audiokarateisback on the Twitter. And, yes, I'm older, so I call it the Twitter, <laughs> like the Google. It's uh, We're at the Audio Karate. On Instagram we are just plain old at Audio Karate. And um, Facebook, I don't go on there because I don't want my information stolen and given to the government, but... Uh, <laughs> I think we are Audio Karate Band on Facebook. 
and uh, you know, Space Camp is getting the vinyl release, but it's also sold out, right? Are there are there any pre-orders left for that? No, so there are none. We have 25 physical copies that we're going to have at the San Diego and LA shows, but um, we are working on a second run, and we were floored. I mean, when you do something like this blindly after doing nothing as a band for over a decade, and it sells out like in 72 hours in pre-sale, we, we couldn't believe that. We didn't think we'd sell 10 copies, to be honest <laughs> with you. Wow, that 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 is insane, including for you, because once again, I mean, I, I did not realize you'd not played in 10 years. So, yeah, I mean, that that has to be pretty surprising for you for like, I mean, I mean, what if we looked back, maybe even five months, you probably had you had no idea that you would be playing with the band again or doing any of this. And now you guys are playing shows, the vinyl selling out. That is that is really, really cool. So yeah, it's, it's huge. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, anything else you need or anything else you want to add? <laughs> no, um, thank you so much, Anthony, for for spinning us. And I, I've got to say, every night of the Descendants shows, I, I was using my Power Chord Hour uh, picks. They're like the perfect gauge. They're oh. not quite a Dunlop yellow. They're like somewhere between a yellow and a green, which is kind of where where I like to roll. So uh, I'm gonna keep using them. Thank you. So yeah, we're gonna play some more audio karate now. Going out, like you mentioned, uh, next year. Wow, yeah, Lady Melody turns 15. And it's going to be turning 14 just next month, just a few weeks from now. So I feel like we got to play something off that. So right now, here's Jesus is Alive and Well and Living in Mexico right here on the Power Chord Hour. (laughs) 